So I was 16 when I got my first abortion. And at the time, obviously, I'm a kid. And I remember not being coerced or anything into doing it. I literally found out I was pregnant and I was like, not having a baby, not doing it, not doing it. I am 16. I am in all advanced placement classes. I'm going to college. This is not going to stop me from my future. So even at a really young age, that was my thought process. That's how I thought. Nobody had to present my options to me. I was in a situation. I knew what my options were. I knew what my option was, right? Um, actually, I remember being like 20 minutes away from the operating table and I get a call from my mom. Again, I'm 16. Get a call from my mom and she says, you don't have to do this. I'll help you raise the baby. I was like, nah, it's too late. And I hung up. And then I remember waking up from the anesthesia. My boyfriend had drove me home. And I threw up and I was super emotional for like the next week because even though I knew what my option was, it was kind of the after effect of it. Right. Did I make the right choice? Was the choice selfish? Of course it was selfish. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was for the better. Right. So I'm talking about this because, of course, in the last episode, we talked about some respectability politics. But today I want to talk about the idea of you having a body. Right. It's your body. But whose choice is it when it comes to the things that you do with your body? And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's your freak host is Jody and you're tuned into provocative. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. I will marry a nigga off some dick because everything else we can work on. And I've, I have a sporadic periods of excessive masturbation. I really like how that just sounded. If I fuck you once and it's good, I'm gonna keep fucking you. Cause I didn't start sucking dick until college. Blew in that man's butthole. <laughs> that, that shit is wicked. That shit is. All right, so this idea of you having this body, right? So even if you look back into the very moment that you came into this world as a baby, right? You're given a name. You're assigned a gender, you're assigned a sex, you're labeled all of these things before you even know how to formulate your own thoughts, right? Then, of course, you go through your um, childhood, et cetera, and at some point, you begin to form sexual feelings, right? What you do with those sexual feelings and how you process those sexual feelings, actually, your psyche and the way in which your thought process plays out started way before you can even think. It really starts with how your parents raised you, of course. Um, what were their thoughts when it comes to your bodily agency, how you use your body, and then how you view sex as well. Because a lot of the preliminary thoughts that we have around sex started with our parents, right? Um, there are actually studies that show that the way in which someone plays out their sexuality starts between the age of two and eight. And it's based on things positive and or negative that come into the child comes into contact between the age of two and eight. Right. And it literally makes a decision for you for the rest of your life. Now, that's not to say it won't change. 
it's just saying that that's when the decision making kinds to begin to form, right? So, in my case, there was a lot that had an impact on my relationship to my body and my relationship to sex in particular. A lot of it was rooted in trauma. And I think that's also why even when I decided to get an abortion at the age of 16, it was not an emotional decision for me because sex for me was never emotional. As a kid, I never looked at sex as an emotional thing to do. So if I carried that with me for the rest of my life, sex is not emotional, then I'm going to think about things. I'm going to think about my relationship on my I'm going to think about my relationship to my body as well as my relationship to sex a little differently than someone that grew up in a household where having sex was a, a, something that people did when they were in love or something that people did out of love, right? So still very different things. One is rooted in emotion. One is rooted in this is what you do because you want to do it, right? So as someone who form those relationships to sex. So having a relationship to sex and having a relationship to my body really early on and then carrying that with me, it kind of plays out in my decision-making, right? Again, it's my body, but there were influences at play that began to make these decisions for me before I began to make these decisions for myself. So what that looks like is people making decisions for me and then me repeating those decisions over and over again. Um, oftentimes, uh, there's this quote that says, adulthood is where you play out, like your relationships as an adult is where you play out your childhood traumas. So in my case, I am literally playing that shit out right now. Super crazy. Uh, when I look back at it and Think about how all of these things were dictating the way in which I use my body before I could even say that this is how I want to use my body. And I was 30 when I made that decision. That's a long time to go around repeating mistakes of people way before you. So it's like you're, you're doing your own mistakes, you're repeating your own mistakes, but then you're also repeating the mistakes of the people that had an influence over your sexual views. So I think once you take a look at yourself and realize that your decision-making power isn't really there, like you think you're making decisions for yourself, but you're not. Like as a teenager, you're not doing it. As a young adult, you're really not doing it. It's a lot of different external factors that are influencing the, your decision-making process. Again, your parents, that's where it started. Then it went from, oh, not just your parents, but your parents and your peers. Maybe you were in church. So religions play factors. Um, the media, of course, but that's one of those, like, that's one of the last things that play a factor in how you display and use your body, Right. So for me, when I decided that at the age of 30, I was going to be single, I was going to use my body for my own self-pleasure and exploration, what does that look like? I feel like you have to ask yourself specifically that question. Why am I doing this? Why am I behaving in this way? If you don't take a look at yourself and reflect on your relationship to your body and your views on sex, it's kind of hard to say that you're making a conscious decision as to what you're doing and how you're acting. So for me, 
I'm like a year and a half, almost two years into actually owning my body. That's wild. Like, that's super wild. I feel sorry for the people that never take a look at themselves and say, like, you know what? Was I doing this my whole life because of me or because of something that happened when I was six? Or because of something that my parents instilled in me that maybe in their generation it made sense. But for me, that's not how I want to live my life. This doesn't make sense for my life, right? And I'm always that person where it's like, you know, even if it's not for me, I won't pass judgment on somebody else as to how they move. So I'm very much a take what apply and then fuck everything else type shit, right? So... I know I just threw a whole lot at y'all. Um, <laughs> and um, even before I even open it up to any questions that people may have, I want to talk about the history of sexuality in Western civilization. Just a real quick highlight, right? So if you go back to like the 1400s, Sex was all about procreation. If you did not use sex for procreation, it was sinful. That's what it is. Especially if you were a woman. So if you were seen as enjoying sex too much, you were labeled a witch and killed. That's like if you move too much, if you're too excited, no, you're enjoying it too much. Lust is sinful. That's like especially if you were a woman. Then we progressed a little bit, a little bit, right? Just a very little bit. Because then it was like, oh, well, pro okay, you can uh, procreate and then also have sex for pleasure, but only if you're married. So that was in like the 1500s, right? So then you go into the 1600s where it's like, okay, the only women that enjoy sex are prostitutes. So that's in the 1600s. <laughs> Again, anybody else? No, you're not a woman. Worth, like, you literally had two choices. You were a wife or you were a prostitute, right? Then you go a little further. I'm going to speed it up a little bit because it's like it's liter it, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of slow progression because it took a really long time for people to allow women to be sexual beings. It wasn't until 100 years ago that people actually began to study female sexuality because for so long, doctors would literally say, no, women don't have sexual urges. That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. And if you do, you're mentally ill or you're a witch. And that was the history and the reality of so many women for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Then you get to like World War I. The 1920s, you have the flappers. They're cutting their hair. They're wearing makeup. They're wearing short skirts, and they're fucking. They are having sex, right? That's where we see it. That was only a hundred years ago. That was the only. That was only a hundred years ago, right? So then you get into the 30s and the 40s again. Wars are drastically changing things. So now women have to go to work. Their their lives are changing, right? Contraception was not introduced until the 1960s. And even when it was, it was only for married women at first. And the only reason why it was for married women is because they're trying to control the population a little bit. Men are going off to wars. Money is scarce. That was the only reason that contraception was allowed to some extent in the beginning. Because it's like, look, we can't keep having all these kids. Then it wasn't until... Like five to eight years later where, oh, okay, 
if you're not married, yes, you can use contraception. Then we have the legalization of abortion in 1973. And then we have the reversal of Roe versus Wade in 2022. That's what we have. So we just we just recently experienced the shaking up of 50 years of progress, right, when it comes to women and their sexuality and then taking control of their sexual agency. But even still, even with, you know, the progress that we've made, we clearly haven't gone that far, right? I just saw on social media earlier today that um, uh, a human traffic victim was uh, ordered to pay a huge fine to the person that was abusing her. She sent she was on she's on probation right now because of someone that human traffic trafficked her, right? So, I say all of that to say and again, we're literally getting into the laws that are regulating vaginas. They're only regulating vaginas. So, why is that? Why is that? Why is this why is there this fear of a woman when it comes to her sexual agency and what she does with her body why is that something in need of regulation because people with penises are not being regulated right there are no laws that say if you use your penis for certain things you will get a fine or you will be imprisoned you will it's literally illegal in certain places and here's the thing too fun fact it was only up within the last 10 years that Arizona uh, got rid of their law that says women cannot own more than two dildos in a house. It's a dildo. Why are there laws that not only regulate your vagina when it comes to human sexuality, but also your own sexuality, your sexuality that you do within the confines of your home? We want to regulate that, too. We want you to feel bad about masturbating. We, we want you to feel bad about using your vagina for anything other than what I want you to use your vagina for, right? So again, it's my body, but it's a whole lot of other people making choices about it, right? Even if we go from this big kind of macro level and then get it back down to size, we hear the perpetuation of stereotypes and ideas that women need to act a certain way. Oh, your body count too high. You a hoe. Oh, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't be. I want to be. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who who does this sort of sexual activity, right? Oh, you're too vocal and too free with your sexuality. Nah, right? Again, it's a perpetuation of these years and years and years of regulation. Even though there was a lot of progress, we're literally undoing some of the progress that we've made, and it's super unfortunate. Again, our views have started way before we knew we were, you know, developing views and we've begun to perpetuate those things. But it's super important to take a look at yourself, evaluate what has influenced your sexual values, the way in which you use your body, your relationship to other people, 
your thoughts about how other people use their bodies because I say all the time, I'm at my own coochie. So what the next person doing with theirs really has no bearing on me. I have no right to feel any type of way. And that's part of, of course, the reason some of y'all noticed that I'm studying to be a sexologist because there's so much shame associated with sex, way more shame for women than for men. But it's still shame on both parts. Like the other day, I saw someone make a status and it was around men, men's attitudes towards women using sex toys in the bedroom. And then you have the men that are like, nah, okay, I'm with that. We could try something new. And you have people that are all the way opposed to it. They will go as far as to make you feel bad and make you feel ashamed for even suggesting it, saying, oh, your pussy weak if you need all this, if you need toys, if you, nah, something wrong with you. They will literally make you feel like it's something wrong with you for wanting to explore your sexual wants, needs, and desires. And that's what I'm trying to get away from, right? Those are the people that we got to kind of, we got to, we damn near got to ignore their ass. We got to make them feel bad for even feeling like, yo, so you not in, like, because here's the thing. Society obviously has a major influence on what's considered normative, right? If we continue to have people, again, our views on sex were formed by our parents. So you have people that are a little bit more open, and then you have people that are super conservative, right? What are we going to do about those people that are continuing to perpetuate these hundreds and hundreds of years of repressed sexuality? What are we going to do about that? Are we going to call them on their shit? Or are we just going to allow them to continue to make motherfuckers feel bad and now you have repressed sexuality, you have people that are resentful towards their partners because they want to be with them in a way that they're making them feel ashamed about. You're not having higher quality sexual experiences as a result of it. So you're literally not satisfying this, you're not satisfying this person that you're with because you're repressing sexual feelings and urges and you haven't taken a look at yourself to say you know what all these things had an influence on my views I'm biased how do I change that or at least not even change but be more open to the diversity of others and their sexual agency right because my sexuality is my sexuality it does not belong to anyone else right um I know people that think Oh, well, if you bisexual and you my girl, then that entitles me to a lifetime supply of threesomes. No, her bisexuality is her bisexuality. Your heterosexuality is your heterosexuality or wherever you fall on the sexuality spectrum. Right. Um, so, again, I know I'm throwing a lot out there at y'all. I'm going to pause a little bit. Just in case it's any questions, because I heard a couple like, mm. <laughs> Cool if you don't. Oh, yeah. So it's a lot of sex shaming. People toy shame a whole lot, a whole lot. I, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
And I actually just, I just did a whole curriculum on sex toys. Super excited to be able to advise people on them moving forward. But here's the thing. Sex toys can be used for a variety of reasons, right? Where you are in your sexual journey will determine what you need a sex toy for. There are toys specifically for men. There are toys specific, well, people with penises. There are toys specifically for people with penises. And there are toys specific for people with vaginas, right? There are cock rings that help you to have a stronger and long-lasting erection, right? There are people that may experience early onset of erectile dysfunction. So that may be something that you should not be ashamed to go to the store and grab it and use it as part of your sex life, right? Because that's something that you're dealing with, again, within your sexual journey. Um, there are uh, some people, for example, there are straps that you can strap onto your leg. If you are in a car accident and you lose temporary function of your penis and you still want to be able to pleasure your girl, there are literally strap-on dildos that you can put on your leg and your girl can rise your leg. Now, it may not work for everyone, but here's the thing. Your sexuality is your sexuality, so you have to be able to do what you need to do for your partner, right? It's another form of intimacy, um, it's a way to switch things up to where you're not always doing the same thing over and over again. Um, it's a lot of pros to using sex toys. Honestly, the best way, the best and quickest way, in my opinion, to learn your body as a person with a penis or a person with a vagina is to masturbate and use toys because you'll be able to switch things up quickly and learn things quickly and be able to share that with your partner. And to be honest, it's super kinky. Like if y'all both using toys and y'all incorporate it as part of foreplay, top tier for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to close this out. We talked about a lot. We talked about the history of sexual sexuality. And we talked about the history of sexuality in Western culture we talked about Roe versus Wade a little bit we talked about abortion we talked about what conversation do you need to have with yourself when you are understanding your relationship to yourself your body and who has sexual agency over it so on that note I want to thank you all for tuning in to provocative and we out before you go I want to remind you to embrace your inner hoe Thank you for tuning in to Provocative, and don't forget to follow us on all streaming platforms. Happy hoeing! P-R-H-O-E-D-O-C-A-T-I-V-E. Spell with the word hoe because deep down, we all got some hoe in us. And this is your safe space to be unapologetically provocative. Oh, is my ground too masculine? Yeah. Put the nigga in this area. Yeah. The <laughs> what the fuck? Ha <laughs> <laughs>